Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome to Badgedamia. This week is going to be a fun one. Um, we just attempted to start recording, but Bill Bill kept freezing. And he was freezing while he had a banana in his mouth. And so um, Connie and I did what any responsible adults would do. And we took pictures of Bill and his banana. So as I'm freaking out, trying to get the technology to work, I get texts <laughs> from them of me like banana in mouth, like looking frustrated. So it was yeah. awesome. It's pretty fantastic. So I think that's going to capture the energy of this podcast. Yeah, I agree. So this week we have none other than the wonderful Connie Hansen. Triumphant comeback. Oh my goodness. Can you all believe it's November? Like what happened to this year? It's Um, It's How are you all doing? How are you all doing these days? Well... As we just documented, I was mid-banana eating and couldn't get the technology to work. So things are going great for me. <laughs> How about you, Connie? How have you been? You know, it's been a roller coaster, but I am, I think I'm truly blessed with such a great family to support me on my days where I'm like, ah, but also I I work with some really amazing students as well. And they remind me daily of why I love my job, even when there's days when I'm thinking, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, yes, I can, because these are amazing people and, and they, they are leaning into what we're doing. So, yeah. Yeah, we got this. We got so, it. So, a question of the week is inspired by this episode of The Bachelor. Ah, Bachelor. So... What is your call sign? I did not think about my answer to this ahead of time. What is your call sign? Basically, is this just me? Like, what would you nickname yourself? No, I think we should give each other their call signs. Because remember, they said you don't make your own. Well, today you're definitely Banana Bill. Banana Bill. (laughs) Banana Boy. I've always called Connie Ma on softball. Whenever she's up to bat, I like to harangue her by saying let's go ma ma because her daughter kelsey which i remembered her name this time uh one time was like come on ma and so i've just taken it and ran with it so even on campus if i see her across campus i like to be like hey ma ma do you like do you like that as your call sign connie you you roll with it i do I don't mind it. If he were to say, let's go grandma or granny, I would probably throw down. But I can go with mom because I've been called mom way before I even had my own children. Mm. So by my college kids, they're like, you're my second mom. No one has quite said or my fun aunt. But the minute one of my college kids says, you're like my fun grandma. I'm out. (laughs) Notice that I didn't ask for Bill's approval of Banana Bill. I'm like, no, like this is just it. What's what's Danielle's call sign? I don't know. If he's something like Danielle's probably one of the nicest people I know. So I'd say like delightful Danielle or 
But then again, she says <laughs> these things sometimes where I'm like, you did what? Like, it <laughs> doesn't even fit. I might call her chaos. Oh. Because oh, she's kind of funny. like, yeah, like in class, I've heard she's always got like some interesting, fun activity that like students aren't ready for. So I made I them like, write haiku, haikus today about Starbucks. Yes. So I feel like chaos would be a good one for you. Chaos is a cool comedy. Yeah. That like makes me feel like um, definitely cooler than I am. So yeah. thanks for that. No you problem. don't even know what you're getting with chaos. Yeah. But you know what's going to be entertaining? Yeah. I'm like a very cheerful chaos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like fun yeah. chaos. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you, you all. This is like nice. Well, you know, and I got freaking banana bill. This is like, so my sister's, my older sister's name's Tiana, T-I-O-N-A, Lindsay, L-Y-N-Z-E-Y. And then they named me Bill. Like they either thought I was going to be too dumb to spell a name or they were like, let's just make him really boring. They named you William. William Roy Henninger the fourth. Yeah, that's true. I just finished a beautiful book called The House on the Cerulean Sea. And in it, there is this line that said, but there's magic in the ordinary. So, Bill, there's so I'm either, magic in the ordinary. So, I'm either Banana Bill or Vanilla Bill. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I mean, bananas are flavorful. I do love a good banana. Clearly, <laughs> as we have seen. <laughs> It was like at the zoo when you see a like a, a monkey get a banana and they just like rrr, rrr. <laughs> that was the picture of me like it might have been worse. <laughs> oh, what a day, what a day. All right, so the Bachelorette episode begins with the men trying to figure out who told Michelle information that made her feel like they were questioning her or their character. So, yeah, we knew that that's where we're going to start. And then Caitlin drops off the first date card, and it's a group date with Martin, LT, um, Olamide, Spencer, Clayton, Nate, Joe, Rick, Will, Peter. And they're headed to the danger zone. <laughs> Hugh Kenny Loggins. Oh, my goodness. He so. <laughs> Basically, it is a date that also is publicity for the next Top Gun movie. So co-host Kim had a theory that that movie is going to be absolute trash. And this is their like last ditch effort to like get people to watch it. Apparently, it's gone through massive reshoots. So. Well, that Dude. means that they're trying if they're reshooting. <laughs> sure. Um. So it does end up being a pretty wild date and it begins with some popped collars, a little neck skin and nicknames. Um, thoughts on their outfits. Bill, like Love Bill, Bill, you Love like it. a pop, good pop collar, don't you? Well, on everyone, but me, vanilla bill would never pop his collar, but I do enjoy <laughs> when other people do it. Being, being a big, Top Gun fan myself. I didn't mind it. Um, I didn't remember so much of all of them on Top Gun having the big, like, it open to their belly button. But I did, I like the jumpsuit look. That was pretty cool. And the shades, the shades, the aviators were classy. 
there is so much chest waxing on that show. As a person who has a lot of chest hair, I look at that and I'm like, they must really do some work because it takes a it takes an act of God to get me to that level of no hair on my chest. So, so, so I mean, if they're putting that much work into it, maybe they ought to show it off. Oh right? yeah, I'm, you know, that's a lot of work to hide it under that jumpsuit. I gotta say, their booties <laughs> looked amazingly good for jumpsuits. You know, like jumpsuits could have some dumpy looking booties. Well, I we're still looking nice. I think the aviator jumpsuit is very tightened, so you can't catch it on anything. So I think that's why it, yeah, it's like cinched around the waist because if you get like, if you have to eject out of your seat, you don't want to get caught on something. So it's better than like a mechanics jumpsuit where it's just like burlap sack. And I'm sure that they put a lot, like, I'm sure a lot of those thoughts went into the costuming. Oh. I'm sure even like, let's say that a normal aviator jumpsuit wasn't flattering. I'm sure that the poor people that do wardrobe were like freaking stitching them things up, double-sided tape up into their cheeks. <laughs> so out of their nicknames, whose did you like the best? We have Lily, little Lily. I thought Frosty was pretty good. Frosty Doughboy. Frosty's probably the best. I thought it was funny that they nicknamed the pizza guy Doughboy. And then that guy was like, back where I come from, Doughboy is a, means you're tough. I don't get that. And it's like, where do you come from where Doughboy means you're tough? That was just a problematic. That could have been an edit. <laughs> like the mean streets of what? Like, where is Doughboy top? I is. Isn't that the, yeah, who, what, who said that actually? It was just ridiculous. I was yeah. like, come on. And you know what? We only got those three. I kind of wanted to know what everyone's yeah. was going to be. If we were going to do it, let's just hear what everybody's. Yeah. But then they just did those three. So I have to say, think in the back of my mind, the rest were awful. Yep. <laughs> they were all like banana bill or something. <laughs> <laughs> they just were not tv worthy oh yeah inappropriate so they jump in with a quick push-up contest because you know how else would men demonstrate their manliness spoiler alert actually they do that by spinning very quickly and trying not to puke um but so then martin does pull michelle aside and he checks on her thoughts on frosty's move that's a smooth cool move right there smart i was like yes he's a thinker and even if it wasn't like calculated, that's the type of person you want to marry, right? That is willing to take a couple seconds and say, how are you doing? Are you okay? So. Frosty, more... go ahead. Sorry, Connie. The other guys were just mad that they didn't think of it first. I love that when everyone else is just like, why is he doing blah, blah. And they're just like, admit it. Like I would be the person to go, well, shoot, I missed it on that. <laughs> Dang it. Like take some ownership. Well, they spend so much time like trying to look better than the other guy when in reality, it's like, if you just were like, what's up, Michelle, how are you feeling? Like, that would be such a slap in the face to all the other guys as opposed to being like, keep making them pizzas. Right. Exactly. Or remember a couple episodes ago when he's like, that's a small shirt. He's like, it's a medium shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb argument. It's so great. So uh, 
they go on the G4 simulator, which by the way, like as a kid, I like, it would have been my dream to go on one of these things. I've actually been on one of those. Oh, bringing it in. I have been, it was, I think it was right before Kevin and I got married and we were out on the East coast and they had one at like a boardwalk. And so I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Did you barf? I did not barf. Nice. I did not barf. Um, I also would probably never do it again. Really? It's kind of like the thing at Adventureland that spins you around, the floor drops out. Oh, the silly silo. Silly silo. I've done that once and I probably would never do it again because I kind of think it's like when you don't like something and then you tell someone else, here, try this. It tastes like crap. And then they try it. I feel like those are the types of things that those are like, try it. And you're like, that was awful. You should try it. And then someone does <laughs> try it. And you're like, that's, this is dumb behavior by humans. Chaos. Do you, know, do you know that like, there's apparently like some sort of chemical that you have when you're a kid that you have more of that makes you be able to balance more after spinning as a kid. That's why like my kids can go around and around and around and like, they don't even like tip over and fall after. Sure. It's just not. You sure. I think Elaine swears it's because like she started taking medicine. I think it's just like all adults on like anti-anxiety. We're all all (laughs) medicated. No, like there is like some chemical that you don't produce as much as you age. And so like spinning actually becomes like more difficult. As you get older. I think it's because we're all on Paxil and Zoloft, honestly. <laughs> Do not spin while taking this. Medicine. I love spinning. Like of all the rides anywhere, stuff like that. I love it. And so I've always thought like there's a lot of reasons I couldn't be an astronaut, but they have to do the G-force thing. I would kill that part of it. See, I can spin too better than I can drop. Like mm. I can be like on a swing and I'm like, oh, my stomach. But like, I can still, like, I can still spin. Ryan has this amazing video of me this summer where I'm like swinging with Ada and I'm like, oh, my stomach is dropping. Oh, this is awful. And like, you watch the video and it's just like <laughs> me, like moving like two feet in the air. I thought it was so. funny they asked them to speak while they were on the thing because I believe I was speaking the entire time I was on it and probably none of it was appropriate speak but I definitely was talking my way through it like I think I'm gonna die <laughs> knowing you Connie I guarantee you are you're like ah! <laughs> right there was a lot happening so I was shocked when the men couldn't come up with anything yeah so Go ahead. Yeah. So like li- little Willie starts speaking in Spanish, sweet nothings to Michelle. Um, but apparently this is exactly what he should not do because Peter is calling plagiarism <laughs> on, on little Willie. He, Peter somehow feels like he copied his lines or something and he's pretty mad about it. What is going on with this? Peter's just very insecure, I think. Very I much. I just think so. he he just 
he does not know who he is. And yeah. I don't know. I think I think that Peter's out to just get as much screen time as he can and yes. to like make some money for his pizza business. I agree. Um, so then they do some sort of American gladiator like fighting and Clayton is big and strong and um, Will is declared the winner of the Top Gun Olympics. And this earns him some alone time with Michelle. They get in the car that is freakishly small. They make out and he gets a bomber jacket as a prize. Anything you all would like to add? My concern is I am hoping that Clayton brings us his A game in the next episode. Because if he's going to be our next bachelor, he has proven himself to be quite boring. So I think that's really interesting is that this is one of the first times we know who the bachelor or bachelorette's going to be and we can watch him. And it's like, he is really not interesting. Like he is, he is so, he's vanilla. Yeah. And he's got, well, coming from vanilla, but I know vanilla and bananas. Um, and he is just like this really good looking guy that played football. And that's the only thing I know about him. And he's like only moderately attractive. <laughs> you think he's moderately attractive? Correct. I mean, for, for, yeah, especially like for television. I mean, like in real life, I would, you know, like. He's a know? real life. He's a real life nine, but a television six. Okay, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like a hawk. Like, I'm like, this guy is going to be phenomenal. Like, this is the guy we're going to love so much. And then Michelle's going to make this horrible mistake by letting him go. And we've all loved him so much that that's why the producers are like, he has to be the bachelor because America loves him. AKA, mm, you ain't gave me nothing to even watch the next. So that was my whole concern. I was like, this is where he's going to shine. He's going to punch the lights out of all of the men. And we're going to be like, go Clayton. Did, did you like the moment? So, you know, they had a cocktail party after they fight and stuff. And then, um, Clayton does pull Michelle aside and they like spin together. No. If you're going to do it, spin her like a helicopter. He should have picked her up and done like the WWE. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was like. She should have picked him up. Oh, there you go. I bet she could. Yeah. She's rock solid. She's amazing. Clayton. No. In fact, the whole time he was doing that, I was like, make the stuff. I can't watch it anymore. Make it stop. I was there for it. I was there for the spinning. <laughs> you were there, but if he had chosen to swing with her, you would have lost your mind. Yes. Yes. So I um so I did notice I feel like Michelle was like really leaning in for the kisses this episode. Did you like I felt like there was a lot of like her like initiating some kisses. Um, and I thought that the kissing scene with Martin was amazing. <laughs> so her and Martin have this good like moment and then they make out and he like takes off his glasses. And I was like, go in there, Martin, get it. <laughs> Who somebody, when we were watching it said he looked like the Voltron of all of the boy bands from the nineties. Like There's he looks like they all their souls molded together and they created this one gentleman. 
Yes, there's been some amazing. I realize he's handsome with his glasses on. He, I think he like looks nerdy in a like good way, and with his glasses on. And I wonder. I also wonder if he'd be more attractive if it wasn't for his hair. Well, when he took off the glasses, Christy, who's been on the show a couple times, was all for it. She was like, "Okay, well." I can get on board with that, but she did not like the glasses. So they're apparently quite divisive. It's like a personal <laughs> well, I preference. I think I'm going to do the second half of this without oh, glasses. But pull just them off like he did, Connie. Like, come on, Ma. Just to see if... Uh, <laughs> Clark Kent style. We're we're getting real on this, this podcast. We're starting to strip on down. First, Billy eats a banana, and then Connie takes her glasses off. Um, before you know, maybe I'll start shedding my cardigan. Whoa! So you know, things, things are getting wild. Chaos is in the cardigan. Glasses, bananas, and cardigans on the next batch day. I think you got the title for the podcast. Ben. Yeah. Right. All right. So Peter will start fighting again, and they've got some sick zingers. Um, so I'm like, I changed lives one slice at a time. <laughs> um, any favorite insults? Well, that that had to be the best one. I'm changing lives one slice at a time. So I kind of have to like laugh because like our theater, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that that's like our our like I don't know logo tagline tagline yeah is is an interpreter's theater changing lives one performance at a time and now like in light of this I feel like oh we gotta (laughs) rebrand I how they watched it like a tennis match the other guys were like yes and then by one by one, they just got their drink and left, except for I can't remember who sat on the couch and just wrote it out. Like, it, that is what know. that's what lets you know that the cameramen have camera people, camera, whatever, have uh, a sense of humor because they just zoomed in on that guy who was just sitting there and was like, you could tell he was like, oh, my God. I just wanted to so, see where's this silliness going to go? I don't like to participate in drama, but I love to sit by and like watch it i would have been that guy i would have been yeah which is why we watch yeah i would have probably been like but first off let's talk about if pineapple belongs on pizza and go (laughs) just feeding the fire and it doesn't that's gross oh pineapple belongs on anything of course you would chaos listen to ma (laughs) i like pineapple on pizza not on pizza that's warmed up in the oven I know you guys are thinking my favorite pizza is just cheese because apparently I'm the most boring person here, but it's taco pizza. Oh, that's spicy. Yeah, I love taco. It's spicy. We are so, so off track. Oh, I love this episode. So Will goes off to talk to Michelle and Peter decides to put on Will's bomber jacket, which you all is like a huge violation of space and privacy. Absolutely. So like in nonverbal research, it kind of talks about power and touch and power and sort of like objects and things. So like if someone violates someone's personal space, so, you know, if you're at the gym, for example, and you put a towel on a machine, 
um, to go get a drink of water quick. And somebody's like moved your towel and taken your machine. Like that's a violation. So this like bomber jacket incident is like some real like fighting words right there. And you could tell that on Peter's part, he, Peter, Peter, pizza eater, he uh, totally like, this was a power move by him and all the guys, like it was very clear that all the guys were like, Whoa, a bridge has been crossed and we can't go back. Right. So like you already Tierra. Remember the Tierra incident? Yes. Yes. I was like, do, do not touch other people's person and do not take their stuff. Can you imagine the two of them dating Mm. Peter and Victoria? Yeah. That would be toxic. I think when he put it on too and the other guy's reaction then he kind of didn't know what to do yeah and so then he pushed it further yeah great like he had two things he could have done he could have just put it back and said something stupid but instead he decided to go the road because you already feel like him just like putting it on and potentially like wearing it could be enough to start a fight but then he's like, mm, you know, I'm going to walk around and find something to do with this <laughs> and is inspired by the pool. Um, so he throws the jacket in the pool. Like the guys are like simultaneously appalled, but also laughing. And it's interesting because I think is it is it Nate? He's maybe it was Nate or Joe who was like, I, I did not approve, but I also like couldn't quit laughing because he didn't want his laughing to be read as approval. And I run into this so often. I laugh inappropriately. There are times where I do not approve of something, but I'm uncomfortable. And so I laugh. And that's like a tricky response because sometimes that can be perceived as support. Um, So he makes it, but he does make it clear that like that he does not support him. So Will gets back and he learns that his jacket was thrown in the water and he's very emotional. Kind of thoughts on how Will responds? I feel like there had to have been a good amount of alcohol going on here. Like, I think that his, his crying was, and then like the way he fished it out of the pool, that seemed very like maybe he was intoxicated. And then also it's like Peter grabbing the jacket and then throwing it seemed like something that like you might do if you're four drinks in, but probably not one. Um, yeah. He did take the high road. I mean, a lot of guys would have just went and punched the lights out of the other guy or he, he really, he was super sad, maybe more sad than I thought he should be. <laughs> but also he kind of reflect, I think he kind of like, I didn't get it. I didn't grow up getting a lot of stuff. So he kind of thought he yeah. earned the jacket and the jacket was cool. And then to have some buddy throw it into the pool was just bad. It was just, it was uncomfortable to watch the whole thing go down. I was like, the, and I kept saying to my husband, the jacket is still in the pool. <laughs> no one has gotten such jacket well, out of the pool. A couple thoughts. Peter's a little bit protected because I do know that the rules are you cannot touch another contestant. And if you touch him, it's gone. You're out unless it's like within the context of a game. And so Peter can do some of that stuff and not fear like physical retribution. Right. Uh, Right. The other thing is I was wondering 
like if somebody did that and I like the person, I would walk over and grab the jacket out of the pool. After he said, oh, I threw it in the pool. I'd go get it. I'd bring it back. And I'd be like, that was a dick move, man. Um, I wonder if the producer's like, no, don't touch that jacket. Like, <laughs> you have to wonder because don't you? I think if someone had done that, let's say they've done that to you, Bill, and they threw your mm-hmm. jacket in there, and I was a bystander, I'd be like, that's stupid. You and would, I would have gotten the jacket for you. Would you would go full ma bear on that person. And like, I would have gotten your jacket, and then I would have told you directly who threw it in the water, yeah. and then said, how can I help you get this jacket dry? Right. That's what I would, yeah. So, but the rest of that like sad scene of him fishing it out by himself right was like perfect footage so you know and then so like i do kind of wonder because like i'm also like why is he like sadly like it was it was like the most like eeyore scene especially with take my breath away playing in the background So, good. Oh, so as all of this is like kind of going on, Rodney gets the me- next one on one, and Malik he like loves Rodney, but like does not think that he has a shot with Michelle, and is mm-hmm. pretty sure that he's gonna get friend zoned. Like, what do you think about this moment, Bill? Teach me. You know about friend zoning. Yeah. Um. Thank you for giving me my my extra credit ready to go. <laughs> yeah. So there is some research around friend zoning, and it's a thing. Um. But it's not. You know, like people talk about friend zoning, like it's like once you're in the friend zone, you can't get out, and that's actually not the case. In fact, if you ask a lot of people without using the term friend zone, they will say they want a friendship before they have a romantic relationship. Um, and so this concept of friend zoning is only, you know, maybe 10, 15 years old. Um, and so I, I think that friend zoning is a word for I don't have romantic feelings for this people. But mm, if you do end up developing romantic feelings for that person, you don't talk about the friend zone. And so I, I don't know if it's actually a true concept. It really should be, I don't have romantic feelings for that person. Um, so. I just not a me. What? <laughs> I think Kevin friend zoned me for a long time and then I just wore <laughs> him down. You wore him down. If we were to be completely honest. I mean, really, if you think about it, though, like if you're like, oh, I got friend zoned, it's like, would you really want to marry someone you couldn't be friends with? Would you want to have a long term relationship? Because saying you friend zone, someone puts you in the friend zone dictates that relationships at work don't have friendship as a component. And that is not true. So. So it sort of seems to me that like, but like that, like Malik just doesn't think that Rodney is going to. Right. Be her type or I don't know something so Roddy and Michelle's date begins with a game of truth or dare and they eat things blindfolded again um and then things heat up as Rodney has to strip down and run around the hotel um okay one like what is going on with the budget on this date right like they're like just like we were like joking um, I, I watched at Bill, Bill's house this week. We were like joking when they started kayaking. We were like, are they in a real lake? Or are they just in the hotel's fountain? Like, you know, They were like, in the hotel's fountain. Yeah. I, it, was cool. it was like a pool. I was like, what is happening I, right now? I maintain that somebody forgot there was a one-on-one date. And they were like, shit, throw it together. Throw it together. What are we going to do? 
find some food, make them eat it blindfolded. People love that. We've done it for the last eight seasons. What else can we do? Make them run around naked. Great. Uh, do we got a pool? Yeah. Didn't they have a kayak in the back? Sure. But make them kayak across the, the fountain area. We'll set up a dock. Perfect. Dinner. Bam. We're done. I also thought that it was weird then because, you know, like all of the other guys like came out and saw like Rodney running around naked. And like, it also sort of felt like these one-on-ones are kind of supposed to be special. And Mm -hmm. so the idea that like the other guys could like see that or spy on that, or could, I don't know, always like seemed a little weird to me. It was, it was weird. COVID has affected the, the, uh, the date situation real hard because I just remember I'm like, wow, their one-on-one is walking through the streets of Paris and they're doing this and they're going to have dinner at the loop. And nope, this is at the resort and all the screaming by Tasia and (laughs) what's her face, Caitlin. And then everyone came out of their rooms and I was like, this is awkward turtle. (laughs) I love it. So they like make out on a hotel bed and then kayak around, you know, the hotel, have dinner. They do have an interesting conversation at dinner. Um, and Michelle tells a story about being um, in a relationship um, and going to the grocery store and being called the N word and kind of going back and explaining that situation to her partner and um, him kind of just like telling her to brush it off, right? In a yeah. way that didn't set right with her. And, you know, they kind of talked about, you know, like that they're open to relationships, but like they also want to be with people that are empathetic and thoughtful about those situations. And I thought that that was a, an important conversation. What did you all think? Yeah, from a purely relationship standpoint, I mean, you know, you want to be with people that are, um, that have good, like that you have connection with and shared experience. And so, in that way, I think it's, it's good. Um, so I obviously, you know, being a white male, it comes from a place that I don't, you know, I'm kind of ignorant to, but I'm sure it's very impactful and very developmental. And sometimes it's hard to find. I mean, she's from Minnesota. I feel her pain. I'm from Iowa. I, I also have gone through a lot of those same kind of conversations with people. And sometimes it's hard. I find it quite interesting that everyone who thought he's just the friend, he's just the funny guy. She had one of the most serious conversations with. Absolutely. I, I telling you, passion can be built. You don't always have to have it right away. Rodney's got a great smile. He does. Um, so then they go on a group date, um, number two, and it's Jamie, Leroy, Chris G, Casey, Malik, Chris S, Brandon, and Romeo. I'm still like not learning all of these folks. Yeah, I don't um, know who half of them are. At this point, Jamie starts getting really weird. Yeah. Right? Like his confidence, arrogance is like off the charts. He keeps like talking about how he knows he's going to get the girl and then, like, the guys have this, like, poetry slam contest. Um, and Brandon, I think, writes a pretty good poem. Um, but then, like, Jamie just goes rogue and tells, like, some sort of parable. That's, like, the only thing that I can think of 
where like is this like a parable that's actually to the guys like warning them to back off like what is it was a parable but i i've always been bad with parables and so i wasn't really sure the lesson i was supposed to take from it how do you learn lessons from parables i don't think he knew where he was going either i think they all just wanted to go the new thing i know out there is like you understood the assignment that's the big thing on social media right now and i'm like right. he clearly did not understand the assignment yeah <laughs> well there's an episode of parks and rec where uh leslie nope says she doesn't like slam poetry because if you say anything like this it's slam poetry and so instead of just doing that, apparently he thought a better idea would be to make this really weird story up. And this is not the first time somebody has made up a weird story. There was a guy like eight or nine seasons ago, um, and I'm blanking on his name, but they were supposed to do talents. And he told a story and it was like a four hour story. And they like they did like the time lapse and everyone was just checked out. And I felt like like this should be it's happened twice next time someone thinks i should tell a story don't right correct and danielle can vouch i'm not a poetry person so i thought that brandon's poetry was good which is saying a lot for me to even say i enjoy it um i would have preferred poetry to jamie's story absolutely absolutely that's saying a lot coming from you bill Right. So then Michelle does perform this poem where she expresses what it was like for her to grow up in Minnesota as a token black girl. Um, I thought that it was okay. So I thought that it was really wonderful while I was still kind of conscious of the way that I think she's expected to perform the token black girl in this role. Right. Like right. on one hand, like I think that it's really wonderful you know, like, I just think about the pressure, I guess, you know, Matt James talked about it um, as well. And, you know, so like, I mean, it's been, yeah, but I was just like thinking about the pressure of her, even though she's not the only, you know, black bachelorette now, I do think there's still this pressure. There's probably still this pressure to be something, right? I agree. Yeah. But I feel like she takes care of her business. She does. Before I feel like she takes care of her business with the least amount of drama I've ever seen in anyone. She's kind of like, yeah, that's not for me. Here's the door. She has amazing boundaries. I've said this before. Like she is very good at being like, no, this is where this ends or here's what I'm willing to do. And, it's just very, it's good to see. I, I'm, I mean, I hope people are seeing that and realizing how much it assists her in her relationships, you know, even just on the show, but. Cause what she can't, she's already canceled two cocktail parties. Yeah, where she's it. been like, yeah, we're not doing this. I've already made up my mind. And they're just like, well, she's, really, she's really firm and she sets those boundaries, but at the same time, like she's, She's really like, I think, thoughtful about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and maybe that's the the thing with boundaries is that people don't set them sometimes because they feel like it'll come off as insensitive or not empathetic. But I think in a lot of ways, you're actually being very empathetic to people by giving them those guardrails, you know? 
you stay within these and you know we're fine and so so her and brandon have a conversation where he kind of connects to the experiences that she shared in her poem um and then he gets the second date rose um they really seem to connect at this point um but this like infuriates jamie because jamie sees himself i guess as alpha male over brandon and can't believe that he has to compete you know with such a lowly guy right and he's talking trash to a producer and he's clearly unaware that he's on camera um whoa dude whoa you know like when you see a video of a car wreck you think it's going to be a car wreck and then at the last second they kind of steer out of it and you're like well that was cool but i thought i was going to see a car wreck i feel like him being sent home robbed us of like the car wreck like he was clearly spiraling and i think one more segment one more night of him would have just really given us the fiery auto crash that we wanted um i feel deprived i'm just gonna say it well so like it, it comes out like right like it comes out that he was the person um who oh yeah lied to michelle and um which we talked with him not to interrupt you, but we've talked about this before. You're on television. You know you're on television, guys. Like, why lie? It's going to come out. And when you lie, you know the producers are like, yes. Like, we're going to totally screw this person with what they've said. Well, and like, and she puts him on the spot and she says, yeah, like, I'm not comfortable with this. So I'm going to have to walk you out the door. And he like his attempt to explain his way out of it. One of the things my mom, so my mom had lots of good lessons and she always repeated the Pinocchio, uh, a lie become, you know, you continue to lie until it becomes as plain as the nose on your face. Um, and like that, he just kept trying to lie and it was like, it was getting worse and worse. And it was like, Oh, so cringy. I want to hear from you, Connie. She's committed to the no glasses. And so she can't even see what she's reading. <laughs> right. Here's the thing is, I always have this heart for the person who goes in to tell. Okay. So for instance, it was Rick, right? Rick goes in there and Rick is like, Rick puts his neck on the line. Cause sometimes those people go home too. Because mm -hmm. they were like the tattletale. So he never asked her for the name. He never once, which I thought was smart on his part. He basically said, hey, I just need to clear something up. I know somebody said something to you, but that is completely not the vibe I got or many of the other people got. And people were not talking about you. And I just felt like I needed to tell you that. And then she straight up said, this is what happened. This is what went down. He looked genuinely like, are you kidding me? And then you have a choice after that conversation. Like I thought, okay, good. Rick got out of that. Whew. Do you go tell everybody else who the person was or do you keep it to yourself? So he picked who he thought he could tell and then it just spiraled. And I was like, Rick, you're probably gonna go home now too because you stirred the pot completely up. So that always makes me nervous for that one person that is trying to go in with the truth. Oh yeah, because remember Katie? Yeah. I mean, that was the Katie situation. So they have a rose ceremony and Spencer Malik, LT, and Peter go home. Did any of these surprise you? 
I mean, Peter only because he seemed like they were going to keep him on long enough to just keep stirring shit up, but seemed like they were the people that she didn't really have connections with. Yeah. I think she could have sent home maybe three, four, three or four more other guys. I would have been fine with it. Yeah. I'm I ready to cut to the chase. Yeah, I know some people were disappointed that Malik got sent home. Um, but I don't, you know, like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know that he was like in my top of what I thought she like has connected with anyway. So um, plus he said he, he, he didn't believe in Rodney. And so. Tanya Rodney's got game. Like he's the type of guy that it's like, he, he ends up with lots of girls liking him without really trying without having to be Peter and like puff his chest out. Right. Oh man. Yeah. So lessons learned. Lessons learned. Don't lie while you're on camera. Seriously. Constance. Ma. Right? No, what's your lesson? From this? Come on, Ma. Hmm. Don't mess with other people's stuff. Yeah. It's not your stuff to mess with. And yourself. Taught in kindergarten. And you can effectively tell someone something without getting voted off or thrown out of the the arena no I I thought the way he did that was the best because in my mind I'm like oh no this is gonna go south and he's gonna go home just by trying to be the nice guy yeah chaos chaos mine was kind of the same thing touch someone else's stuff you'll set off some chaos (laughs) right so Connie you got any shout outs people you would like to say hello to oh man I feel like you just put me on the spot. I'll just say shout out to everyone as we are, especially all my UNI students as we head into getting ready to go on fall break. You've got this. You can do this. You get a week at home and then you can come back and finish strong. Woohoo. I love it. What a good way to end. All right. Everybody have a good weekend. Bye. You've been listening to Bachadamia with your hosts, Drs. Daniel Dick McGue and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at bachadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at Thanks for listening.